0: Hey, hello everybody, KIC family, Um, yeah I'm sure you can understand um, why this devotional was late for this past weekend so I just hope and pray everybody's safe and well um, and you're um, you've learnt (laughs) how we easily take the internet for granted and we're glad it's back up and running for now. So I've entitled this title for the devotional, Are You a Keeper or a Maker and that will all be revealed soon. If you think of our nations and our world right now, currently, you may, like me, be on your knees praying for peace. We often hear the frequently expressed desire for world peace, such as in speeches, on stages. This is definitely more than a cliche um, and, and just is part of a deep desire of so, so many. As believers, we, seemed, we seem and we ought, I hope, we ought to have an innate sense of our calling to extend the kingdom of God while we live our lives on earth as Jesus' disciples, before we get to experience the kingdom of God fully in heaven. And this calling includes living in peace and bringing peace to those around us. So, indeed, well before Jesus was born, Isaiah prophesied the words, and you can find it in chapter 9, 67 prophesied the words for us for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end he will reign on david's throne and over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So our longing for peace can be apparent on so many levels. It could be very personal in our inner world, our mind, our heart, our spirits, if we are troubled in any way. It could be on the level of um, our interpersonal relationships within our families, with our colleagues, our friends. Indeed, our Christian sisters and brothers. The desire for peace might be within our communities, um, in our nations and globally. As I've, I've mentioned right now, I'm sure we're all thinking about our nations here in Uganda and the US especially, but many other nations too um, that need our prayers for peace. So this is, this is really a global, a global thing right now. So currently, my mind moves automatically to the political spheres in our nations regarding civil engagements, relations across divided groups and the conduct of our leaders and citizens. So we know this is not a new issue um, due to prophecy back in Isaiah that helps put everything into context. So this is not new for us right now where we live. Civil and political discord aren't new issues, nor is the desire for peace in all of these areas. Paul addressed this dissonance between Jews and Gentiles, desiring that they be reconciled through Christ. And I'll read a few of these verses here, and you can look up the others on your own, um, just beginning in Ephesians 2:14. "For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. I'll read the verse actually, Ephesians 4 and later down. Now I'll read here. So I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. And that continues, it talks about baptism and and being of one accord. You You can read that, continue. I now want to draw attention to Jesus' teaching in a sermon on a hillside, often called the Beatitudes. Here, Jesus describes and identifies characteristics of a Christian who is seeking life as a disciple. In this discourse, Jesus is outlining the expectations for a believer within the kingdom of God. Each of the Beatitudes begins with the word blessed, or blessed, which can be translated as full and joyful well-being. So, for today, and I'm sure you've guessed, let's focus on the one verse in particular, Matthew five and verse nine of the Beatitudes, and we'll read it together here, so blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God, and there are various versions I know some versions say they will be called sons of God, but the main the main um emphasis, and we I want to get across today is blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God in the message version. Quite nice to compare with something that sounds different and and might get the meaning across to you differently. It says you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. So you can probably guess at the title now. So peacemakers in this context are those who promote God's peace. This peace is taken from the Hebrew word Shalom which can be defined as total or complete well-being, both personally and communally. In this statement, Jesus is stating that those who put their faith in him and actively pursue peacemaking will receive the eternal reward of being called children of God as they reflect the Father's character of peace and unity. So I just want to go back to that word pursue as they actively pursue peacemaking. So peacemaking, the word making, is a very um, active verb. It's very intentional. It's very front-footed. So when we actively pursue peacemaking, you can see before I carry on that it's a very different word to peacekeeping. Okay? So as a reward, and, and Don Carson, many of you might have heard of him, he puts it like this. The peacemakers are called children of God or sons of God because of their eternal reward in following Jesus. So are we called here to keep the peace or make the peace? (laughs) We should not confuse the two concepts. There's a quote here from from an article I read. That's a drastic error, even though it's only a slight change in terms. Peacemakers strive to create peace and attempt to reconcile things and people that are at odds with one another. Peacekeepers, on the other hand, strive to keep peace at all costs. So in Proverbs 10.10, Solomon says, peace, sorry, People who wink at wrong cause trouble, but a bold reproof promotes peace. In other words, peacekeepers, by not acknowledging wrongdoings in an effort to maintain peace, are actually winking at them. In fact, peacekeepers and peacemakers can actually be considered complete opposites of one another. So in our various national histories, we, and I'm going to use a very broad we, people, we as Christians, as nations, various uh, community groups within nations, have sadly been complicit in many things that have led to long-lasting strife, hurt and disunity, whether knowingly or unwittingly, such as racial or tribal segregation. Many Christians have in fact been peacekeepers in this way. They wanted to maintain things as they were without discord or change. They wanted to keep the peace as it was. Racism, perhaps, disguised sorry, as peace. Civil rights activists had to sometimes disturb the peace in an effort to make room for real peace. This also happens within the walls of our churches. Peacekeepers can stifle the opportunities that we have within the church to challenge the status quo and pursue freedom as Christ intended it. If we can influence our church environments to be places where we are authentic, accepting, loving and honouring, and some of these words are really key, crucial words will be in the next few months unfolding some of them as a leadership group, um, some of our key cultures um, that we want to pursue as a church, things we want to be known by, Um, And some of these words might come into that. Um, So if we can make our church, our our congregation, our community, the places that we have influence and our spheres of influence, if we can model being authentic, being open, being real with people, being accepting, being honouring of people made, everybody made in, in the image of God, yeah, then we are helping to provide a place where we also people we feel safe that people can share their thoughts and concerns and opinions and doubts with one another without the need for wearing masks or maintaining a false sense of peace and that's part of our, call, our calling to bring shalom um peace in it, where we are okay so just to go on and give us some practical points um on, on that here are three ways that we can make peace instead of keeping the peace okay so the first one is linked to what I was just talking about, honour and acceptance. And this is linked to this, the idea of speaking your mind in love, obviously. I'm not advocating just sort of blurting out anything to anyone, anywhere. But speaking your mind and sharing your passions. This is about creating a space where others can do the same. Yeah, And there's a, a phrase that Rory and I know um, from long back that says, free people, free people. So just just think on that. Yeah, and there's and and conversely, there's also the phrase "hurt people hurt people." Yeah, so just just think about that. If you're free in yourself and you're you're not judging others or condemning others, you're allowing them a space to say what they really think. Then um, you're you're allowing them to also open up and feel free. So number two, authenticity. Share discomfort, pain, and hurt. Cultivate vulnerability, especially in your mentee or mentor relationships, discipleship relationships yeah and amongst your small groups and your families and your friendships and number three courage engage with others who are different from yourself in race age religion for instance um and in any other areas you can think of the aim of any communication is to understand rather than trying to persuade others to agree with you all of the time yes yeah? so this is about being a bridge builder about taking risks um, hence the courage. It, it takes courage sometimes to step out of your comfort zone and and be around people who are different from you. So take risks to heal traditional divides in our communities, to show the people around us that we have the love of Christ. And I just want to put a small note in there, and, and I'm sure you you hear my heart in this. This isn't um, not the same as condoning sinful behavior. Okay, um, this is a just as the emphasis is on being accepting and honouring of of those around us and giving them space to be themselves and and to explore their their beliefs and their questions about God especially. Okay, and another um, way to think practically about this, perhaps in your families or your small groups, um, there's three other maybe points, um, as we could say, just um, where we could be challenged in how to be peacemakers instead of peacekeepers. And I'm not saying don't be a peacekeeper, of course I'm saying uh, of course, I'm not advocating, but, but, you know, there's room for both. But I just want us today to really think about the difference um, and, and really think about where we can actively pursue being peacemakers, okay? So number one, there's another point here, trust in the promises of the Bible despite your situation. So sometimes we feel quite overwhelmed or quite down, quite pessimistic perhaps. We've lost a bit of hope, a bit of faith. In our current situations, perhaps um, in whichever country we're from or whichever, you know, it's been a long year. We've had the COVID situation. We've had various um, unrests, racial unrests, political unrests, and some are ongoing. So I think this this point here is just to trust the promises of the Bible. Don't don't um, just rely on your feelings. Don't don't just let your feelings, especially if they're negative, dictate your your knowledge and your experience of the truth. And what Jesus says to you, um, despite your current our current situations. Okay, so number two, pursue shalom, and there's a link in the notes there, perhaps to a to um, a little bit more about shalom if you want to, or do your own little Bible study on that, on that Hebrew word. Um, but pursue shalom in and for your community, your city, and the world by serving others. And in Philippians it says, "What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me." practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Okay and then just the third um, challenge here, choose confession, repentance, forgiveness and lament or or lamentation. Um, You can go to lamentations and see there and this is just all about you know sometimes we, we get down or we get overwhelmed or we point the finger at what other peoples are doing but sometimes we need to actually just be in a place ourselves of of um interceding and repenting on behalf perhaps of our community or our nation praying for our leaders praying for our community leaders um um and 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 just crying out to god and being real with him being honest about how we're feeling and the peace that we long to 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 see and feel and experience Okay, so I'll just leave um, with a short quote here I found from John Wycliffe. He said, we are not merely called peaceable men or women. It is hard enough to keep peace, but much more difficult to bring peace where there is strife. And you'll see the questions there. There are three or four questions there. You can look through yourself or just really mull over perhaps the two sets of challenges and um, the ways that we can bring, that we can make peace Um as we're called to do in the Beatitudes by Jesus. So yeah, just um peace and blessings being on you all for the rest of this week. Um and looking forward to seeing you all soon in the in the future. Bye for now.